0: Apple has announced the dates for this year's Developers Conference, but is the company having second thoughts about the big headliner? We're talking about WWDC and the start of Apple's new reality in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross.
1: Good morning.
0: And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Last week, Apple announced the dates for its Worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC. The event kicks off with its keynote presentation on June 5th, and while it will stream live on the internet for everyone to watch, the company will invite a limited number of guests to Apple Park in Cupertino for a special event, and I think based on the invite, there's this tendency to think that this special event is more special than usual. Uh, no, it's the same special. they <laughs> are going to be sitting in the Steve Jobs Theater and
2: watching it on a TV screen. Uh, it's I I I guess though. So now we're I think we're past all of the the COVID restriction stuff to kind of speculate that this is like the way forward now. Is Apple going to ever have a live event again? I don't know if they're gonna. I think they like this kind of controlled atmosphere and. Like the Steve Jobs Theater is just going to be a glorified movie theater at this point.
1: <laughs> the ability to have to demonstrate things about software and stuff like that through video editing, right? Like, to, you can't really show changes in software and stuff. And when you can stand on stage with a, I mean, you've, we've seen those things where they stand on stage on it with a Mac or an iPhone and like a, a projector looking down from over a camera and while they fiddle around with stuff and it's up on the screen. That's not great. I mean it's it's nice that it's a real person doing it in real time, but it's just, you know, we all as soon as they did the the first pre-made thing, we were all saying, like, these are great. <laughs> this is better. It wouldn't surprise me if we got kind of a live intro. If the the first part that is Tim Cook, his like his setup for the whole thing, if that was him coming on stage and there was a crowd and they're all cheering and he Cues it up and then the video plays. That wouldn't surprise me, but I think the whole meat of the thing is going to be just a video that we all see.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and it it fits Apple's whole image that you know, sanitize, leave nothing to chance. When you do those live demos, you know things can break, and we've seen that happen where things just don't work. the The famous story is the is the iPhone unveiling at MacWorld San Francisco that. Like if Steve Jobs deviated from a set uh, number of taps and clicks, like that thing was just going to bust. Like they went over that numerous times, where you, all right, this is first, this is second, this is third, and don't deviate because it's like it doesn't. It's not going to work.
1: the The speculation is that they'll introduce the uh, mixed reality headset there, which the people are saying is going to be called Apple Reality Pro, and that's the kind of thing that. Would make a better stage demo necessarily? Like you'd want video stuff where it's like, here's kind of what you see when you look through it, and so some some games. But you also kind of want to see it on someone's head. You, you kind of want to see uh, T- Tim Cook putting one on, right? And, and they certainly, there's certainly a lot of value to the people who are gonna, like Mike said, sit in the theater and watch the video that we all watch, having some kind of hands-on experience after. Like some sort of curated take a number you're you're you you we have ten of these things, take a number, you're up at two fifteen p m and come put it on for a two minute guided experience you know uh but still like there's a lot of value in that and, and just in the sort of viral nature of everybody getting their first very small glimpse of this thing they've done that
2: hybrid. Pre-recorded event and hands-on thing a couple of times now at the iPhone event and also last year WWDC with the MacBooks, uh, the the yeah, the MD MacBook Air and MacBook Pro. So that wouldn't surprise me at all to do. Here's the video and whoever gets one of those seats, it's a, it's a it's a raffle. It's or, or rather, it's a raffle for developers, and they'll probably invite a small number of journalists as well. Um, but those first impressions, they're they're going to be key you know, that demo will be so structured, like they're not going to let you just like go off and try this thing, you know, like they're going to say, you know, can't do that, can't do that. You have to do this, 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 and this, and make sure that the experience is as good as possible.
1: It's the kind of technology, if you've ever used VR before, if you've ever used an Oculus or something before, or uh, or even one of uh, Microsoft HoloLens AR headsets, there's a real wow, it's a real wow factor thing for the first five minutes. The, the way it tricks your brain, you're like, I'm in another place. Like it's it or oh wow, there's a virtual thing on my desktop and I'm walking around and looking at it from all angles and stuff. Like these that's really, really, really cool. And it's only after you've spent an hour or two with it where you're like, well. But, but, what am I doing with it <laughs>
2: like that's that's the question, and that, that's what's been the question, and that's what everyone is wondering like VR hasn't really become outside of gaming. VR isn't a thing, and Apple is not a gaming company, So like what is the killer functionality here? Like what are they going to tell us to do
1: uh the iPhone is like the most popular sort of gaming platform even though apple's not a gaming company it's just, it's just by virtue of being like the singular platform that uh, every, a billion people have in their pockets so that might be their road with this one as well is that like you know what third parties will take care of it and maybe that's one of the reasons it's going to be revealed at WWDC is that there's already most of the the AR framework is exists AR kit exists and they're going to say like look the AR Kit you already know and can use on iPhone—it's just extended now onto this new platform. There's some new things you need to worry about, but like you know how to use this, bring your AR bring AR games to this thing, or and and VR and so on. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, if, it, if nothing else, it's going to be exciting just to watch, just because just by virtue of it being Apple,
2: and it'll get people talking about. VR in a way that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, exactly. Most people don't use Oculus or PlayStation or any of the ones that are out there, nor do they even care to. But Apple has a knack for getting these things into the, like the the watch. Smartwatches were not a thing until Apple Watch. They were around, uh, you know, Samsung probably sold a couple million, but it wasn't a popular item where you look around, you see everybody having until Apple did it. So, that's a lot of pressure on them to make this thing, a viable platform, a viable product.
1: Yeah, even at the insanely high price, uh, it's prohibitively high, you know, price that they're talking about $3,000. Hell, even if it was $2,000, that'd be ridiculous. The technology stack looks great. (laughs) Like just for what the rumors of the specs and stuff are, it is a next level experience uh, in terms of that. Hopefully, they have a software experience that really – I mean, that's what made every other – the, the the original Apple Watch, the original iPhone stuff—they were not technologically well beyond every other product. They were a better experience than every other product because of the so- the way software and hardware work together. And hopefully, that's what's going on here. But the fact that it's Apple, they'll sell they'll sell as many as they're going to make easily, even at a ridiculous price. And they're going to get everyone talking about it, and they're going to get everyone interested in it. And it, they just need to keep that momentum going as they get. more cost-effective versions and figure out what's really sticking on it, what people really like and lean into that like they did with all the health and fitness stuff on the watch. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a couple generations, but it might get everyone interested.
2: So, we're not 100% or even really 60% sure that the headset's coming at WWDC. The only thing we have to go on is – a bunch of rumors, some of which say WWDC, some of which say maybe September for the iPhone, uh, alongside the iPhone, like they did that with the Apple Watch a couple of years ago. We don't know if it's coming. The WWDC invitation, if you want to believe it's coming, kind of looks like the curve of a goggly type. Headset, <laughs> maybe
1: I don't think it looks like a headset at all. But if you look at a Fresnel lens, which is like a lens, like imagine you sliced a lens into a bunch of thin slices, like a, like you were slicing a tomato and then flattened it. That's a Fresnel lens. They, they're on every lighthouse and stuff because you can't, it's anytime you can't have a lens that's like super deep. The place you've seen them the most is if you've ever had something like a, like a Winnebago or something and they have that big flat plastic lens stuck on the back window so that you can like see the wide outside, that's a Fresnel lens. They're used in VR headsets a lot because you have a lens really close to your eyes and really close to the screen they're looking at, but they have to expand that to a really wide angle view. So, you have a very short distance wide angle. So, they you need a really high power magnification like lens. And it. It would make the headset really thick to have a and heavy to have a really thick heavy lens. So they put a Fresnel lens in there, and it's got drawbacks. It's you know you can have fringing, little chromatic fringing and stuff like that. And but they've gotten pretty good at it. And if you look at it, look at like a like Google Fresnel lens and hit images, and you'll, when you start to see like some of the way light shines on a, a lighthouse lens or something like that, you're like, wow, that looks just like that imitation. That imitation looks like a CG rendering of a Fresnel lens. They don't always – like, the imitations don't always give away something. But th- sometimes they do. Like, they definitely do. The time they were – it was a circle thing. It was definitely the um, the crown thing from the watch and everything. Like, and we didn't know that till we saw it. And we're like, oh, that's what the invite was, you know.
0: Well, it seems like a good point to bring up that before the – WWDC announcement, there were a couple of reports, one by the New York Times, about a private demonstration at Apple of the headset, and that it kind of got a lukewarm response by the the attendees there. Maybe there was some hesitation about whether
1: this was going to be a thing or not. The rumors from this thing that nobody no really knows existed <laughs> or could talk about is that, you know, uh people were impressed by the technology, but they're like, but what's the killer app? But like how is this gonna be the thing that everybody's gotta have? And yeah, it it's it's a little bit putting the cart before the horse they're worried about. You know, the, the, the original iPhone had basically three killer apps. You know, it had the phone itself, just literally visual voicemail and stuff. We forget how we were all dialing into voicemail and pressing star and then cycling through our messages one at a time listening to them. So, the phone, the um, maps, and the web browser were existed on every other smartphone and PDA, but not the way they did on the iPhone. And that experience was just so next level. On the other hand, the Apple Watch, which – is now all over the place. Didn't like it was. It was neat. There were a lot of neat things about it, but there was nothing that you looked at it and went, "I I've got to pay what it watch costs to have that." Until a you know kind of a year and a half down the road or something, where they really figured out what it was for, came out with some more, another generation of software, another generation of the OS, and then it just became and and the pricing got better. Yeah,
2: I think that's a case where. So you're looking at the demonstration if, if you're in that room. There's nothing like that really is like, oh my god, that's amazing. And then it's like, oh, and it also costs thirty five hundred bucks. You know, the Apple Watch was two ninety nine, I believe, for the cheapest the the sport one that they used to sell way back when. Like that's a barrier of entry that you can say, Well, maybe I'll use it, maybe I won't. For thirty three thousand bucks, it better do something pretty damn amazing to get you to even even want to spend that much, let alone Drop it. So I can see the the skepticism. If you know, assuming all these things are true, who knows? They, you know, someone might have talked to one person who said, "Yeah, I wasn't all that impressed with it," and the other ninety nine might have loved it. Who knows? Or maybe it didn't happen at all. But I could absolutely see how this headset will get headlines that say, "What on earth is Apple thinking here?"
1: Oh, for sure. Especially since the technology, just by its very nature of VR and AR technology, is that Unless you're seeing it through your own eyes, unless you're experiencing it, it really is hard to see what's special about it. It's kind of like seeing an ad for a color TV on a black and white TV, and going, "Why do I need a color TV?" Like you can't you you can't get what it's doing until you put it in front of your eyes. So it's going to be really hard to kind of get that across to people. And those those like sort of first demos are going to be really important.
0: What do you guys think about the idea that these other headsets that are available, like from Meta? They're, they're around, but they haven't really taken off. Is that any indication of the market? Or is it just that they don't have a killer app? I mean, I
2: think it's an indication that everybody is waiting for someone to do it in a way that is mainstream. You can say the same thing about smartphones before the iPhone, tablets before the iPad, app watches before the Apple Watch, right? Now, Apple gets it, generally gets it right. Smart speaker, no, they did not, but Amazon did. I think that everybody understands that AR, VR and wearables and this kind of computer that you put on you in some way is definitely the way of the future. We're not going to be carrying around these rectangular pieces of glass forever, but I don't think anyone has really figured out, certainly not in an affordable way, like how to really get this thing to, to be something that everybody wants and needs. I tried um, back back when I used to go to uh, MWC uh, Mobile World Congress. I tried out uh, a, a Hololens, and I mean it was pretty cool. Like I was impressed, but I did not walk away thinking that I ever cared. If the guy would have said, you know what, you could have this one, I probably would have been like, it's all right. I don't, I don't really need that. So thanks. Like, it, like it was, it was cool that the technology was there and it was interesting, and I could maybe see how it could be something they want to develop. But it didn't grab me. Neither does uh, VR gaming. I mean, I'm not a gamer, so I'm, I'm a bad market. But I've tried it, and it, you know, it's just it's it's not something that I'm interested in. For the first time in in a long time. They have to really convince people that this thing that you've ignored for five or seven years is something you want to really change your entire method of doing
1: things. I, I think it's going to be quite some years before there's any even inkling of an indication that like this replaces your phone. It's going to be its own separate also thing, like a new category that's also a separate thing for quite some time before it's – just like phones were – Absolutely not going to replace your laptop, and for a lot of people, they they kind of still are separate things. But only now are we at that point where, for a whole lot of people, like that's their computing device. It's a phone, and they kind of want every to do everything on their phone. They're upset if they can't do it on their phone. Like that's that's only recently, two decades in. It, it, I think the, the the all the whole AR VR stuff is going to follow a similar trajectory, if at all. The idea that you're going to leave your phone at home and take this other thing instead is still like a decade off.
2: Maybe more. Maybe more, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to convince people to leave their phone. You also have to convince them to strap this thing to their
0: head. I mean, that's- Yeah, it's going to have to get- barriers. It's going
1: to have to get to glasses, of glasses format and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, there's going to have to be a lot of changes, but-
0: Well, all I know is if Apple does do hands-on demos at
1: the keynote event.
0: Uh, they better have some barf bags around because the first time I ever tried Hololens, barely five minutes, I was ready to puke. Yeah, there, there is that. That's that's a thing.
2: Like I get motion sickness too. I don't know if I could wear that something like that for more than you know an hour without getting sick.
1: Uh, the, the, whether you get motion sickness comes down to a, like a lot of factors. Because um, you don't get motion sick looking at reality, and so there's there's a bunch of things about what they call the motion of photon latency, how much of a delay there is between when you move your head and it adjusts the view. You may not see it, but your brain perceives an imperceptible lag that makes things swimmy. The frame rate, the field of view, whether it's focused right for your eyes, like the distance between the center of the lenses or lined up with the where your eyes are, your interpupillary distance. There's like a million. It's an extremely complex thing. There's no reason why it should have to make people sick. If it's done right, and the other the other problem is that like things could make people sick in ways that are out of Apple's control. Like Apple's whole their software and their UI UI might be great, but then some game developer or other developer might make something that's got doesn't stick to a ninety or one hundred twenty hertz frame rate like rock solid. It's like jumps frames every now and then or something like that. Like it's got some little problem, and that thing makes you sick. And then if it's like a hot Product, then everybody's gonna go. The this headset makes me sick, and it's not the headset; it's the popular app that everyone's using. So who knows? That's kind of what excites me about it. Is it's it really is new territory? It, it is a new category, even though it's not a new category. Even though I I bought one of their first Oculus Rifts, uh, and I've had the Steam VR. And do you use it regularly or relatively regularly? No, for a couple of reasons. One is the the versions I have don't do they call it inside out uh tracking they they required the little emitters in your room and stuff so you got like cables running all over to these emitters and stuff and the other is that like in the room where i have room for it it's it has a ceiling fan that i would always hit with my hands like if i'm standing up doing stuff cuz you know i could and i'm and i couldn't do all that stuff in my living room so there, there's newer versions that and i've used them i don't own them because uh, I'm just not gonna buy meta products. <laughs> but they're um that's another podcast. That that's another podcast. But there's newer versions that you they they are they're untethered, all the processing's inside them. They use inside out tracking. You can just use them where you have room. They're fine. But the reason I, I I'm not interested is less to do with the technology and I, I too am I am excited by a technology that I think is really cool and has a lot of uses a lot of potential uses especially augmented reality has a lot of potential uses it's going to take a company like apple to get it and keep it in the public in the the larger public mindset long enough to get the technology down to the price where it needs to be where like millions of people can have these where a huge number of developers are developing for them Right now, it's uh, anything AR or VR. It's like a side project.
2: Is there a chance, I'll poll since there's only three of us here, that it doesn't come out at all in 2023? Yeah. Do you think Apple has no choice right now? Yeah, I'm I'm leaning that way too. Based on everything that we've read recently, I wonder if they just say, you know what, we're just there's just too much negative attention right now around this thing. We're just going to let it sit for another year.
1: I don't think they're worried about the whether it's negative attention around it or whatever because nobody knows what it is and they're they're completely in control of the narrative so, so the second anyone actually sees this thing they're in 100% control of it my feeling is that like maybe they'll they'll just determine the software needs more time and it'll be one of those things where they announce it this fall or something like the apple watch they announce it in the fall and say it's coming early 2023 and it launches in the spring and we don't get the price until It's almost (laughs) released. Something. I I think it'd be weird if it's not even shown to us this year. Though that's
2: what I'm saying. That's what I was wondering. Do you think WWDC? Oh, I. I, That's that's. Do you think we're getting it then?
1: I think it's like flip of a coin. I think there's half chance WWDC, half chance that it's tacked onto like the September event or something, and they say, and this is coming, you know, next spring or something, like they did with the Apple Watch.
0: Roman WWDC headset what do you think I think they'll do a technology demo and maybe they won't even announce a ship date just, they'll just give a, give a vague it's coming Yeah, up it'll probably year. be of
2: 2024 or something. I mean they always give like some kind of a time reference.
1: If it's demoed in June I don't think that they would announce that it's coming in 2024. That's that's the only thing. That's pretty far out. They would just say like coming later this year, and then it ships in December. Yeah, and or
2: then they they or they say they did that with HomePod, and then they didn't actually ship it until the next February. So they, that that's not unprecedented to say it's coming this year and then just delay it by a couple of months.
0: Well, if they don't announce it, announce it, then what will they announce? Because the reports are that. Apple's devoted all its most of its resources to this headset and its operating system and that the updates to iOS, iPadOS, macOS, watchOS, tvOS <laughs> name your OS <laughs> yeah are going to be relatively minor there was one report that said that iOS We'll have features that are based upon user demand. Most requested features.
1: That's how the they'll, device. uh, that's how they'll market it. That's how they'll, right. uh, that's how they'll pitch the idea that it's not got any big UI change like the home screen, like the lock screen customization was in, in iOS 16. They have, a, they have to do a lot of work to comply with the, it's the digital market, markets act, I think. Yeah, they have to allow people to get apps and pay for things in apps outside of the App Store in the EU, and so that it's going to have a bunch of changes probably only in the EU just for that. You know,
2: there'll be plenty to talk about. I could see uh, Craig Federighi starting the iOS 17 thing and saying, you know, we're going to fill up this year's release with 10 of the most requested features and then going through it. And they're all small. Yeah. But- you know, people care about,
1: and half the of, them of them are definitely not the most requested things. It's kind of just like radio stations do. This. Top forty radio stations do this: is that they get a they get a bunch of requests, but they don't play requests. They play songs from the playlist, and then when they their uh, corporate bosses approve, and then when it's time to play one of the songs from the playlist that they happened to have gotten a request for for an hour ago, they play the recording of them getting that request, and they go just for you. And then he played that thing. And so, it's going to be a little bit like that. From Gurman, Mark Gurman did say that he expects Watch OS to be a big update this year, which they have been very small the last few years. Uh, they would add a couple workout types and stuff. And they would add something to support whatever the new watch's small new hardware feature is, like blood, o- blood oxygen recording. But like no big UI improvements, no major changes to how Workout tracking or anything like that works. So it would be interesting. It's it's kind of due for a, for kind of a big update.
2: Yeah, there really hasn't been one since since the beginning. I mean, they they have changed some of the way we interact with it. There's that quick the quick app dock thing that I never use. Some of the buttons used to do then different things, but the grid is the same. That that honeycomb pattern. has the same. You know they they've added sleep tracking things like that, but there hasn't been like a wholesale n- nothing along the lines of like i o s seven or mac o s eleven like nothing that major uh that'll be interesting to see if they do something totally different with Apple Watch
1: yeah there was i think it was watch o s two or was it watch o s three that was like the major change to how a lot of stuff worked. they limited the way a lot of like notifications and and what kind of applications you could run directly on the watch versus what was run elsewhere and there were a bunch of new apps and
2: they weren't even they weren't even native until watchOS 2 watchOS 3 I forget which one it was but they all ran on the iPhone and kind of pushed stuff to the watch yeah that was a couple versions in when they changed that
1: since then it's been a bunch of like you know good but individual changes you know new new watch faces here and there some new options here and there well, add the breathe app and all these, other, you know, it, it's due. It's due for a big one, especially since they're they've decided what the Apple Watch is. It is not a computer on your wrist. It's a, a health accessory. It does does do other things, but that's that's the, its main focus. I just want them to embrace steps. I know that steps are not a good way to track any kind of health metric, and Apple knows that, but they don't expose steps anywhere. <laughs> You can't there's no complication to show your steps or anything like that. You have to like download an app. It is tracking your steps just like your phone is actually, but you have to go look. You have to go in the health app or an activity, I think the activity app also shows it workout app now, sorry to, to actually see how many steps you took or download a separate separate app that then would give you a complication or something. but only when the app's running, it, it's a, it's a mess just embrace steps. People talk about steps and use steps and getting my steps in and stuff like that. I know it's not as good as the other things. Just let us have our steps.
2: There's also the possibility we get uh, new Macs. Uh, Last year, we got the M2 M2 processor, M2 MacBook Air, M2 MacBook 13-inch M2 MacBook Pro. There's still the Mac Pro, still has Intel processors. We have been waiting for that for a while now. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's also rumors of a, of a new 15-inch MacBook Air that would largely just be a larger version of the current one. Mac Studio still has M1 processors. So, there are they, they could you know, release a couple of Macs to to kind of appease the hardware crowd. But they've also had a, plenty of WWDC events where there hasn't been any hardware at all, where it's just software. So, they don't have to release anything. It's a developer show. They could release a bunch of new stuff for iOS and the rest of it, couple APIs. Talk about some how happy
0: everybody is and move on. So WWDC starts on June 5th. There will be a keynote presentation that everybody can watch online. There'll be some people who are invited with a special invitation. Some select developers and probably members of the media and analysts and other special guests. That's a Monday morning. Monday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. 1 p.m. Eastern and a whole bunch of other time zones as well and we'll have articles on our website on how you can watch the keynote uh, when it airs when it gets closer to June 5th Uh, we'll also be covering WWDC and anything else leading to WWDC uh, on macworld.com we'll revisit WWDC on the podcast in the coming weeks That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 835. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter. That's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.